When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings, and 10 years ago, I gave up my life's dream and career as a radio presenter with one big regret, never getting to interview my hero, the legendary British musician, Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul. And at the time of this podcast going live, we're on the eve of the release for Paul Weller's 16th solo album, a remarkable run rate from 1992 to now, averaging an LP every couple of years. And that's not even including the jam and the style council. Fat Pop Volume 1 promises to be very special. So how about a chat with the man who created the album artwork? My guest on this episode is Alex Borg, otherwise known as the Stereotypist. Hey Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, well, we're on the eve of the release of Fat Pop, which must be a hugely exciting thing for you as the guy who's created this this wonderful artwork. It definitely is, yeah. Yeah, it's quite surreal. It's still feels a bit like a bit of a dream did it really happen but um it did <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm very excited i'm chuffed to bits and i'm looking forward to hearing the um you know the whole album yeah and, and there's been like little bits of tracks released and um we're getting a flavor of it but i'm really excited about the 14th of may and that, that thing's dropping through the letterbox and, and being able to put it on and listen to it as a full product right yeah definitely definitely i mean uh, yeah i've heard snippets and um yeah just I've obviously got a vested interest in it. I'm very excited to hear it because uh, what, what I have heard was, you know, pretty special. There are three things I want to talk to you about. One, being a vinyl collector and this mm-hmm. love of music. Two, yeah. the artwork. And three, your music yourself. So um, your band, okay. Moonlight Parade, right? So let's kick off with the vinyl collector stuff. This this all, this all love of music all started for you with the discovery of your parents' record collection. Was that right? Yeah. Um, well, my mum was a, a, a mod back in the 60s from Brighton. She lived in Brighton and she used to go and see the high numbers with her friend Brenda. And they used to knock around, I think... She doesn't go into too much detail, but they were pretty sort of like, you know, they knew the band. There's little stories of going in Keith Moon's Mini and stuff like that. 
when you hear these stories, when, you know, when, when I was a teenager, I didn't really care too much about these stories. It didn't mean a lot to me. But as you get older and you start listening to music, you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So I think they went to see them at the Florida Rooms that's uh, now the Sea Life Centre in Brighton. Just these little stories sort of filter into your imagination and uh, you imagine what it must have been like to be a, a mod in the 60s. And um, she was actually at one of the big, you know, where it all kicked off. Um, the mods versus the rockers down on the seafront. I think she would have been about 15 or 16 at the time. And she said it was terrifying, you know. There was always good music in my household. My dad was a DJ and he loved Otis Redding, the kinks and all of that. And so all of that stuff was being played in the house, loads of Beatles. And it just rubs off on you, I think. Now, in terms of Paul Weller, when was it you first got into or, or understood that he was he was a person who was making music? Was it the jam, the style council, solo? What was your first discovery? I was born in 76, so I'm a bit young to, you know, I missed out on the jam. I didn't, you know, too young for that. But I do remember hearing um, a town called Malice on the radio probably when I was, what would I have been, six or seven or something like that. I remember being very young. I was into Adamant. <laughs> I loved Ian Jury and the Blockheads. I love a bit of Ant music. <laughs> I, you still do, yeah. Um, and that I, I do remember that that record, but I've actually got a record here, which is the first one I got for Christmas, and it's a bit it's a bit cheesy, but here you go. Now oh, for... Oh, yeah, with the pig on the front. I forgot the pig was a thing of Now Music albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this has on it. Um, this has shouts at the top on it and I used to play this in my bedroom you know the whole thing an awful lot so that would have been the first time I um, I probably heard you know became uh, aware more I suppose and I've always just collected records ever since then there would have been a period where I didn't so much because obviously CDs but um, I inherited my dad's record collection uh, which was pretty amazing and yeah I just I just love the romance of the vinyl format from an artistic point of view you know they're kind of works of art, aren't they? Especially the gatefold stuff. I've always just loved that feeling of opening a record and looking at it. And yeah, there's something special about it. Yeah, I never forget. For me, the, I think the first final I got was Michael Jackson's Thriller. And, oh, I've um, got that's a favourite of mine. When I was, I was obsessed with uh, Jacko back in yeah Thriller. Love yeah. it, and brilliant. But just the whole package of the little drawings and the lyrics and the on the yeah. in, insert and things like that. But then my mum had um, a vinyl collection, and me and my mate were kicking about with it and dug it. And there was Ben, the album Ben. Oh yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson. We were like, wasn't we were that like, about a, a rat or a hamster <laughs> yeah, was, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A rat, I think, yeah. <laughs> we were like, this isn't Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't realised he'd been around for, like since he was a, you know the year dot. But yeah, the, the the love of vinyl is an incredible thing. And I, I was the same. It's, I was fooled by the. Scene and fooled by the fact that you know here's this mm. indestructible thing it sounds better you need to convert everything and i got rid of so much stuff and now it's like oh, i'm an absolute idiot honestly <laughs> <laughs> and so the love of art when did that kick in for you so um we should talk about this um you call yourself a pop artist so i'd love to know what how, what that means exactly from your angle but the stereotypist is you, your other name aside from alex um so tell me about that how did that love of art come about too i don't know i used to read comics when i was younger and i started started out um i used to love drawing when i was a kid i used to draw like popeye the sailor man and stuff like that i used to read comics as well some of the dandy and beano and st- i was always drawing and so that that sort of gave me an interest in it and then you know when you're at school i wasn't very i wasn't very academic i suppose but i liked drawing and i liked the i, I liked art you know that was my favorite lesson when it came time to decide what I was going to do when I went to college, I thought, all right, I'll carry on with this. Um, so then the, you know, computers came in and, um, 
I just started leading towards to, uh, towards more of a graphic design rather than a fine art kind of thing. You know, I'm not a great, I'm not a fine artist. Uh, even my drawing's not brilliant anymore. But um, I really got involved in, um, yeah, the kind of computer side of things and graphic design, which is, you know, I studied for several years and that ended up becoming my um, kind of chosen profession. Um, but as far as the pop art goes, that was something to do really for my own benefit i've got a, a kick out of just making these pictures you know probably from seeing a lot of the old 60s artists you know warhol obviously um and and sir peter blake who's obviously done a couple of uh, covers for mr weller i find them very sort of inspiring i love color i've always loved color album covers as well i think you know that's always been there the 60s kind of psychedelic arts always appealed to me um the beatles uh, yellow submarine stuff like that just find it very sort of exciting and interesting to um you know sort of like have a go at it myself now these two worlds collide then in terms of music and art and these big passion points for you so that it's it's um it's what you do day in day out but i'd love mm. to dig into the weller connection so firstly you talk about weller being an inspiration and influence on you since you were a kid um so what does that what has he meant to you over the years and i know obviously you know him and you've you worked for him and, and all that so it might you know i don't want to embarrass you too much but obviously it's, it's a it's is, is important to you, right? He is, yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself like a diehard sort of super fan, but I've always sort of admired and respected him. Um, I love the jam. Uh, yeah, just an admiration, really. I think he's like a great artist. He's always pushing forward and, you know, he's kind of fearless as well, which I think is important. There's that story, isn't there, of him putting on a show at the Royal Albert Hall where half the people walked out because I think he was playing, you know, going in a more kind of house music direction. But, you know, that takes some balls to do that doesn't it i can't i can't really think of anybody else who would do that you know because uh, he's, he's all about the music and that's very inspiring i mean and just his just his the catalog of his music it stands up to anybody i think yeah um, absolutely when did you yeah. first become aware that, that paul liked what you were doing well that was through andy croft who you know i owe a debt to really um I met Andy at one of his little low-key acoustic gigs because we're both from the same town, uh, Worthing, on the south coast. So, um, yeah, I had a little chat with him at the gig and we kind of kept in touch through social media and he, he'd seen some of the artwork I was doing and he really liked it. And so I sent him a print and um, when it came time to send it to him, he said, oh, I'm, can you send it to Black Barn Studios? Because I'm doing uh, some recording there. So um, he gave me the address, I sent it and, you know, Lucky for me, um, Andy showed the uh, the print to um, Paul and, you know, I think Steve Craddock, Steve Pilgrim and all of the rest of the guys there. That's what got Paul's attention. He liked it. And then Andy said, oh, Paul likes a few of your bits. Um, would you mind sending some up? I said, of course, yeah, be honoured. Um, and that's really what started it. So it was kind of like a bit of a chance meeting with Andy Crofts and him, yeah, sort of championing me a bit and showing my stuff to Paul and the other guys that really kicked it off. Wow. Can you tell us about the, the bits that Paul liked? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I let me try and remember. So one bit was um, George Martin. I did a print about George Martin. Another one was Patty Boyd. And another one was um, Francois Hardy. I think they were the three he went for. And um, 
so yeah, I sent them. I sent them up, and um, I didn't hear anything. I wasn't expecting to hear anything. You know, I just thought, oh, that was nice. And you know, a few weeks later, or maybe a couple of months or something, I got an email from um, Paul's manager saying, "Would you be interested in coming up to Black Barn and um, meeting Paul and discussing some ideas?" And uh, you know, after doing a few cartwheels, I said, uh, <laughs> "I said, yeah, of course, I'd love to." <laughs> so wow, wow, that's how it all. That's how it all came about. Yeah, kind of luck, really, being yeah. in the right place at the right time that's not the kind of email you want to go in your, in your spam filter is it in your junk <laughs> definitely not no no but uh, it came at a really nice time because obviously this was um this was lockdown uh last year and i wasn't really doing a, a great deal my work had dried up as a as a designer and we we're all stuck in the house so i kind of needed a bit of a you know a boost and that that really um turned my frown upside down for lack of a better word <laughs> wow so tell us about the trip to black barn then so you go up to black barn to meet mr weller uh, how were you feeling on the drive up or the train up? Whatever? Well, I was lucky. Um, I don't drive. I have a terrible relationship with heavy machinery. So my <laughs> my my wife my wife kindly offered to drive me up. But yeah, no, I was a, I was a little bit nervous. You know, it, it was uh, it's not every day you get to meet Paul Weller. I, I've never really met anybody famous. Um, I, I was nervous about it definitely because the night before I had a very surreal dream that Paul and I were starting up an ice cream business. <laughs> And um, we were like having quite a heated debate over the uh, the name of the uh, what the venture should be, and uh, so that was very random. So it was obviously on my mind, you know. But yeah, we got there, and um, yeah, it's in a lovely sort of um, leafy, quiet, picturesque place. And um, yeah, so I went in and I said, "Oh, do you mind?" Um, I'll just uh, tell my missus to go and uh, wait in a cafe. Um, if they got wireless down there, she can get all some work, blah, blah, blah. And they, and, uh, they said, oh, no, no, she can come in. So straight away, that was nice. Uh, from memory, I think Paul was in bed still when I got, when I arrived. Um, he'd been, he'd been recording late into the, into the morning. I can't remember. I, did they, I think they might have had a string section in or something, but, um, they had to go and wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> so there were like cottages next door to does the actual studio. I, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. You know, they've got all sorts of uh, great musicians coming in and staying and sort of collaborating. So, yeah, we sat there. And it's kind of like sensory overload, Black Barn. We had a little tour around it, you know, and there's all the memorabilia, these amazing jukeboxes and and all of the gold records everywhere. And, um, yeah, my head was spinning a bit. I didn't really know where to look. And then um, we went in this main office, sat down, and we were just kind of waiting there. And uh, then in he walked. And it's quite bizarre seeing somebody uh, you've kind of, you feel like you've known for many, many years. But obviously you don't. And then they walk in and, um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was lovely. Did he make you a cup of tea? Because I've heard that a lot on the podcast. <laughs> um, not on the first meeting. Second meeting, I had a cup of tea made for me, which was very good. I don't think he didn't make it. It was uh, one of the crew there. Yeah, the main thing I remember is just how nice everybody was, you know, really down to earth, really just lovely, um, put me at ease and, um, yeah, just just very humble, nice people, you know. And did you get straight into it, straight into talking about the ideas, straight into talking about your art, or were you was there a kind of shared love of music? As a little icebreaker, I bought a box of records up with me because I thought we might look through them and it might inspire some stuff. Because my stuff's quite 60s orientated, I didn't know don't think anybody knows what direction Paul's going to go in. Mm. I thought maybe he was heading down a kind of, maybe a, a kind of 60s vibe, but that wasn't the case. 
but he had a quick look through the records. But he'd actually seen something I'd done and he liked the style of it. So that gave us a good sort of starting point. And then he said, come through to the studio and I'll play some bits. Yeah, that was amazing. So we went into the control room and, uh, you know, great big speakers sat there with uh, me and my, my wife, Claire, Paul and his manager. And we sat there and we listened to, I think, four tunes. I was trying to take them in, but... Yeah, I was having a bit of a... I was almost like floating, you know. Experience, <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. It was It was a little bit difficult to kind of like really concentrate when you're just, you know, you're looking around everywhere and thinking, wow, imagine, imagine the music that's been made in here and the, the musicians that have played in here. And, you know, yeah, but it was a yeah, pretty special experience to hear those tracks. And is that, so is that his way of giving you a brief almost and kind of going, here's the stuff that I'm creating. But you talked about the fact that this project would be an album cover or did not go that far at that point. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was for the album cover. Yeah, obviously hearing the music helps. And what I got from the music was it was eclectic and fun. The stuff I heard. Um, Yeah, it was, it was, it was mad. It was mad. All quite surreal. But I remember... I suppose the one thing I remember is I don't I don't know what you're like, but um, I didn't cry until I was about until I had kids, you know. And then something happened in me, like when when I hit my mid thirties, where I get you know I get quite emotional now, and my my family take the Mickey out of me. It's like oh he's off again, you know, watching something on the telly. It just sends me off. But um, there was one track he played, and I can't remember what it was now, but it had a string arrangement in it, and I really love strings. <laughs> Since I was, I don't know, since I was a kid, there's something about strings I really love, like uh, the planets, Gustav Hulks, that sort of stuff. There's something about it that gets under my skin. And um, this track, I could feel myself like almost going and I thought, oh, Christ, <laughs> hold it, hold it together, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like you're not going to blub in front of Wellock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, yeah, all the stuff he played was great. And that was, that was good. I was like, God, I'm going to be involved in this. This is, this is going to be great because this, this is all sounding, you know, and did he have the title then? So Fat Pop Volume 1, did he have that title in mind immediately and, that, and you knew what you were creating too? Yes, he did, yeah. yeah. He knew where he was going with it. He knew what he wanted, I, I think. Made it quite easy for me to make a start on the projects and uh, get, get cracking. So once I'd had that initial meeting, I was really sort of chomping at the bit to get to get going. So tell us about the work then. So you go back home, sort of the cartwheels, I imagine, but then get to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was really, I thought, you know, this this opportunity will never come again and I want to make the most of it. Kind of not getting the job was not going to happen. I wanted to, I really, really wanted to do something he'd be happy with. So yeah, my wife sort of said, oh God, we're not going to see you now for a couple of weeks. And <laughs> yeah, my, I mean, you literally on the way back from Blackburn, my head was spinning, you know, ideas. And I think I started as soon as I got home and I just kind of uh, locked myself away for about two weeks I, I guess coming up with variations and bits and pieces um probably came up with more stuff than I should have done but I really just wanted to sh- you know show a lot of ideas and all the rest of it so yeah once I got the job I was kind of a bit nervous like oh what if he what if it's not hitting the mark what if it's not right you know I don't want to blow this um I want you know I want that cover yeah. so so yeah I just sort of uh, immersed myself as well just playing Weller's music while I was working so how does it work do you take do you send stuff over over email or is it a second visit to Black Barney you take him a bunch of ideas you take him your kind of portfolio of ideas for this album? um 
I didn't really know how it would work because I've not done anything of this magnitude before. But initially it was, yeah, get a load of ideas together and just send them up. So I think I spent about two weeks working on stuff, sent it. And then, of course, you're just waiting to hear back. And I think he'd just gone on holiday as I sent the stuff. He'd gone on holiday. So there was a little bit of a delay. Yeah, I was probably more nervous about the reaction waiting you know, as it as it hit the spot, is there stuff here that he'll like than I was about anything else? Um, and then Andy Crofts, bless him, sent me a message saying, uh, I'm up at Blackburn and we've all just looked at the visuals and uh, you've done really well here. Um, and that straight away, I, oh, it was like that. a weight's been lifted. Yeah, then I, I, then I sort of like, was like, okay, this is going to be good. You know, we're on the right track. Yeah, and then I had to go up again. This time to design with Paul, sort of at my side, you know, just fine tuning a few bits. Yeah, that was great. Another sort of oh god, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have him sat next to me while I'm uh, designing because uh, I work from home and the lockdown and everything. I don't really get out too much, to be honest with you. I sort of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of self contained in a studio um, during lockdown. I hadn't been to see any clients, and then you know, the first person I'm sort of designing next to is Paul Weller. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, I was. I was a little bit nervous about that one, but the second meeting was 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 great, and we had, you know we got to have a, some nice little banter. Got a cup of tea made for me, and I met his uh, daughter Leah and um, her partner. So had some uh, who was it? It was Nikki. I think it was his sister Nikki. She bought in some cake, and I was offered some, and uh, it was bloody good cake actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love these little nuggets. They're brilliant. I love it. I mean, the colour of it is so striking. Did that come quite mm. early on? That that bright blue. Yeah, he'd seen some colours on a design that I'd done, and he liked these colours. Very vibrant. I think that was done on purpose because a lot of my stuff uses a kind of more sixties palette. But this, the colours for this are very vibrant and you know poppy. Like it says, fat pop, wanted it to be bright and vibrant. So um, you had a good idea of those colours early on. So how do you feel when you're then, and I saw there was a photo on your Instagram with you sat next to Paul and the, and the final cover. Um, how does that feel? And also, how does it feel when it when it's then released to the world? So I'm trying to think probably maybe six weeks ago now where, you know, the announcement of, you know, pre-order the album and, and you see the cover for the first time and there are all these little teasers of it and, and stuff yeah. beforehand. I mean, that must have been so exciting. It was, yeah. We had to wait a long time because... Um, I visited, what was it, like, it was August, September of last year. So there's obviously this big, takes a long time for a record to come out these days. That's one of the things we, we spoke about, actually. Uh, it was so much quicker back in the 70s. I think he said you could record something, you know, it'd be on the shelves like two or three weeks later. And now it's, uh, you know, changed a bit. So, yeah, I was kind of, um, I was kind of waiting, you know, just for something to appear. And um, when it when it finally did... I'll be honest with you. I was thinking, oh, what if they've changed the cover? You know, it's been a long time between now and then. Maybe, maybe something's happened. And uh, until you actually see it, you're kind of like, hmm. I wonder if, I wonder if something's happened. But no, sure enough, it's exactly as it as it was. Yeah, you know, you have to pinch yourself when I see it. You know, come up now and again on the social media or the internet or anything. It is like, oh wow, yeah, it did happen. It's um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's also lovely, I imagine, to see how they then take bits of that and repurpose things. So the new song, what was it, Shades of Blue, the other week, yeah. um, they, there was like a lyrics video or, or Glad Times, one of the two, it might have been both actually, and they start using the font. So tell us about the font because there was this this wonderful um, little image on social media. And again, I'm imagining it's you, you've given them this 
toolkit, I suppose, and they're then tweaking things and, and to use on social and stuff. There was this bit where the letters were all changing on social media. It's like a little video, a little GIF, I think they probably call it. The kids would call it. And it was kind of, yeah. and eventually it lands on Fat Pop. Now, what I was trying to do all the way through this was see if I could work out a way to um, for it to land on um, Fan Pod as in fan podcast, uh, right. yeah. which would have been very clever and quite nice, but I didn't manage it in the end. Uh, it, was, it was far outside of my design capabilities. But uh, that must be so cool when you're seeing stuff in social media and seeing how they're adapting your artwork. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. I mean, they've got a great team of, um, you know, animators. Uh, yeah, and it's like you're, you, uh, it's all coming from that sort of original artwork, you know, the alphabet, like you say, the colours and everything. But, yeah, they, they've brought it to life. Um, and what they've done with it is amazing. So every time you see a new release or, or whatever, a teaser or whatever, this, the, you know, the creativity that's gone into it is um, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's very exciting to see. Definitely. I'm going to talk to you more about um, Weller in a sec, but I also want to touch on Moonlight Parades. This is your band. This is, mm-hmm. is this like you, th- three mates or three old friends who are reunited? Is that the premise? Yeah, of- yeah we were all, all in bands. Um, I lived in Brighton for about 15 years and we were all mates back then in bands in our early 20s. And, um, you know, as life goes on, you settle down, you have kids, you kind of drift apart. And, yeah, basically we, we were all missing uh, making music because it was a big part of our lives, you know, when we were younger. And... We decided to, uh, you know, do something about it, get together, try and make some music and um, really as, as a kind of hobbyist sort of thing to do, just just um, for our own amusement. And it just kind of grew out of that and then became a little bit more um, involved, shall we say. Yeah, we've been very productive, really. We formed in 2018 and um, we just kind of like hit our stride making tunes together and um, luckily enough, uh, you know, we've we've got a little kind of loyal following who uh, that that seems to be growing all the time so now we can um we can put out records and we can um go and play live hopefully he says we've got a few things lined up so that's been really nice cuz um i love i love making music as much as i do listening to it and and making artwork it's um it's very important to me and it's a lovely sound i have to say so it's ben on vocals yeah, um, Steve on guitar and you on bass, but also production. I see you get the uh, production credits as well. Yeah, I've um, somehow fallen into that, but uh, probably just from a love of music and listening to lots of music, um, I'm kind of interested. You know, you control your sound, so um, yeah, no, it's been great though. It's really made um, a big difference to 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 our lives. Uh, this this having this band, um, and we've just released uh, um, a new single today that's got two tracks on it. That um, that's quite exciting. Whenever you know it's release day, put your songs out into the world, and you kind of get a, get a reaction. And uh, but yeah, love it. Love um, love making music. Uh, you know, they're, they're mates from a long time ago, and we're all we're all still still mates and. Um, it's very yeah. produ- you're very productive, like you say. So I didn't realize you'd actually formed in 2018. So yeah, so there's so album 2018, um, out of nothing. Um, yeah. Album 2019, caught in a wave. Last yeah. year's EP, Paint the Sun, which you did the artwork for as well, which is brilliant. I love that artwork; it's beautiful. Cheers. Um, and you. then new single today, right? Wow, bloody hell! You don't stop. Yeah, as lockdown did... helped. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It gave us. I mean, we've got a load of stuff that's we, you know, um, that's still to be released. I think I don't. I think we've we've done about forty songs, and we've probably chucked out about thirty. 
So we are productive, but I think so that's, that's the kind best of well, way to that's be. Paul Weller levels of productive productivity. Yeah, well, he's he's inspiring in that way, and he actually said that to me. I think um, it's the best way to be. You know, just keep on doing your stuff, stay busy, and um, I just yeah, I've probably got a short attention span and get bored quite easily, and I just love making things. You know, anything to avoid a kind of like nine to five um, <laughs> office job, which I which I've done, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not. It's not for me. Yeah. And um, I just get an absolute buzz out of uh, a new riff, a new hook, a new song, a new piece of art. I like making like little little videos, you know, obviously the artwork to go with the songs. It all it all kind of goes together. I'll share links in the show notes so that people can listen. And I know you mentioned there are influences like the Beatles, the Kinks, Bowie, the Coral, the Jam is one that comes mm. up. And I've seen it described as a kind of a collision of the of Doves, New Order and Stone Roses with a heavy dose of 1980s creation records, which I thought was a lovely <laughs> thing. But I also hear the Coral and they've got a new album out today as well, actually. And, and, and even Suede comes through to me. I don't know if you're... Right. And, and the yeah, supernatural was yeah. again, which was something else. Because I think there's this. It sounds like summer to me when I listen to you on a rec- your your records. It's poppy. It sounds like the sun's shining. Life's good. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think so. Always been a fan of melody. And as I was, you know, uh, getting older, you start opening your ears to other things. So like, you know, Buffalo Springfield, The Birds, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, the Coral are fantastic. The, the Stone Roses were probably my favourite band as a teenager. And, and still are, still love them to bits. Um, but they're all of these bands that have got melodies and uh, I'm just a sucker for sort of like jangly guitars. Um, I've always been obsessed probably with the 60s. I just think it's, a, it's almost ridiculous the amount of great stuff that's come out. You, you can constantly search and you'll never find all of it. I mean, that's the decade that started in black and white and was like Technicolor by the end of it. So, yeah, yeah, just take inspiration from all sorts of things, really. But um, You share that with Andy Cross as well, that love of melody. The Moons is another one, actually, I was going to mention as well. His stuff. Yeah. Well, luckily for us, um, bless him, Andy's played a few of our tracks on his show, um, which is a massive honour to me because I, I really, res- you know, I think he's he, he's a fantastic songwriter and performer with the Moons. So the fact that he would play our stuff on, you know, that that's um, that's, that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're just going to crack on and keep doing doing what we're doing and we've, we've got some gigs in Manchester, London, um, just get out and about because we've never... We were about to play quite a bit live at lockdown, and then obviously everything got shut down. So everyone's been in limbo, haven't they, for so long? You just uh, can't wait to get out. Yeah. So May the 14th, just literally days away uh, now, the album lands Fat Pop Volume 1 from Paul Weller. You'll see your work on the on the shelves. Um, it's out there in the world as an actual album. And you've not heard the whole album yourself yet, have you? No. I heard four tracks. But, um, I mean, I, I hadn't heard Shades of Blue, which I absolutely love, I have to say. Absolutely love that track. And I'm chuffed to bits that I, you know, I got to meet um, Leah as well. Because I think she's obviously very talented and going places. But I, yeah, I love that track, the way their voices work together. Mm. Just the melody. It sounds timeless, that to me. So at the time of recording, Jonathan Ross, ITV, Paul Weller, mm. this coming Saturday night. Yeah. That's one of the tracks. I don't know how many tracks they do, but it's one of the tracks they do. And, and we've seen a little visual of, of your artwork on the drum kit, which must have yeah. been so cool for you. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's difficult to sort of... Um, 
It all just seems a bit bizarre, mate, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, man. I can't wait to get however many copies of this thing I've ordered now because there are so many variations. Uh, yeah, I'm confused yeah. what is actually coming through my letterbox. I think there's, a, there's an orange vinyl, a black vinyl, the CD. A whole, a whole load of fat pops coming through your <laughs> it's, letterbox. It's all, and the T-shirt, actually, as well. So next time yeah. I see you, I'll be wearing the T-shirt. Um, so, yeah, May the 14th, um, really exciting times. This has been so lovely to dig into this, Alex. I really appreciate it. I have two final questions for you. Okay. You're allowed one Paul Weller song for the rest of your life. It can be the Jam, the Star Council, or Solo. Which one's it going to be? Well, because it's poignant to me, I'm going to go with Shades of Blue. Because I'll always remember, I'll always remember this record, obviously. And I've, you know, I've met both of the people, who, you know, with the voices on that record. So it'll always be special to me. I mean, there's been so many amazing things you could choose from, but I'll, I'll say that one. Yeah, I want to know if that which one is the one that made you well up. <laughs> that would be my first thing I do when I listen to the album. No, no, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I didn't well up. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> yeah, nearly. I held it together just about. <laughs> yeah, inside your own head, you're a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, final question. Final question. Purpose of this podcast is not only to meet lovely people like yourself, but also to secure that interview with Paul Weller that never happened during my radio career. If and when I get down to Blackburn to chat to the man what should I ask him what should I talk to him about God um, well I think quite a lot is known about his maybe musical tastes and clothing fact. you know we know a lot about him I, I'll ask him something random like um, what would your last supper be <laughs> nice. start a main course and dessert <laughs> there you go <laughs> brilliant i love it <laughs> alex thank you so much good luck with the band and getting out on the road and, and i'll come and see you live as well that, i really look forward to that in london um but yeah all the best with the album the release and seeing that artwork live on because it's going to be everywhere we're going to sit all the live gigs from november the pool the european tour next year we're not going to miss your stuff it's going to be amazing and, and good luck with people then immediately they're going to dig into your shop and find all the other great work you've done as well so that's really cool too cheers mate thanks very much uh, for having us on been nice talking to you my thanks once again to alex borg check out the stereotypist online or on social media to see his fabulous work and make sure you share your cover of fat pop when you get it along with this episode of the podcast you can find links to alex in the show notes for this podcast along with the music of moonlight parade So Fat Pop is released tomorrow, Friday 14th, 2021. And if everything goes according to plan, we'll have a cheeky fan episode with you lot recorded and released on the day of release. Fingers crossed. Then next up on the podcast, the wonderful musician Matt Dayton. Such a talent and a lovely guy too. We dig into Mother Earth, the Paul Weller band during the Heavy Soul Tour 1997 to 1999. A back catalogue of wonderful solo LPs that if you haven't yet discovered then you're in for a real treat. Plus, Family Silver with Steve White and Damon Minchella. So much good stuff to chat about, including his documentary, Overshadowed, which is available on Sky Arts, also from May 14th. So watch that, dig into the tunes, and check out the next couple of podcasts. Don't forget to share this episode on social media, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, at WellerFanPod, or Paul Weller Fan Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I'll see you next time. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.